Hey there, podcast listeners. It's uh, Pastor Brian and Pastor Ross, and today we're taking a look at the sermon number three in the Two Casual series. This one's titled Holier Than Thou. Uh, Pastor Ross, why don't we start by just giving giving everyone kind of an overview of where this sermon is going, kind of the key points, uh, and then we'll talk about the hook, and then we're going to dig in a little bit deeper on each of the key points. Right, and so what you recall, if you've been listening along in this series, that we're trying to talk about the attributes of God and take those more seriously, and what we've been doing is trying to root each of those attributes of God that we're discussing in a story, where that is like seen in some episode in the Bible, and so most of our messages in this series follow that format. So I'm rooting this one in the story of King Uzziah in the Old Testament, and what we see there, he started uh, with the right response to God, he started... Uh, as a king, as a young man, he had a great start to his kingship. He sought God. He was humble before God, but he was given success, and he kind of got too big for his britches. So as as Uzziah got greater, God seemed smaller to him, and, and what he did was he transgressed a boundary line and went into the temple. And then what we see, the temple, that whole incident in the temple is an object lesson of what God's holiness is all about. And so we see that God's holiness from Uzziah's experience, that God's holiness really is a pretty serious thing. Yeah, and the text for this sermon is 2 Chronicles 26. And Ross, why don't you just real quick give an overview of that story so everyone mm-hmm. everyone knows. I'm sure some guys might need a little bit of a refresher on this. And, yeah. then, uh, and then we'll talk about how you're going to weave that into the sermon yeah. itself. And so the story, Uzziah becomes king at age 16. He starts off really well, as I mentioned, and God gives him all kinds of success in a lot of different ways, politically, militarily, economically. He really blesses his nation. And uh, it says that in in verse 15 that uh, he became very strong, but when he had become strong, he also became proud. That led to his downfall. And so the way that that manifests in the story is that Uzziah decides he's going to go into the temple and burn incense before the altar of incense there. Well, the temple is set apart for God. It's The temple is, an, like I said, an object lesson of God's um, holiness. And so only the priests were allowed to have that function. Uzziah said, no, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm important enough. So he goes into the temple. He starts to burn incense. He's confronted by these priests who said, what are you doing here? This isn't your place. You're sinning against God. And Uzziah got mad at them, and he began to rage against them. And at the moment that um, he didn't receive their correction, the moment that he that he began to become angry with his confronters, he was immediately struck with leprosy. And so, you know, a skin disorder that's unclean in the Old Testament, he's rushed out of the temple, and he lives the rest of his life with leprosy. He never rules as king again after that moment. Yeah, what a powerful lesson. So, Ross, again, that's kind of the, that's the, the text that's going to ground this whole sermon. And we'll get, again, we'll get into the points and how you're going to weave that all in. Mm-hmm. But with that in mind... And with kind of the theme, this whole theme in mind, that taking the kind of the holiness, being a little too casual mm-hmm. about the holiness of God, right. what do you see as your as your hook to get into this particular sermon? Right. I think I think what I'm going to go with is um, this whole idea of our popular culture idea of God mm. is Morgan Freeman, mm. right? Or if you're older like me, it's George Burns mm. in that movie Oh God, you know. And so we have this this picture of God as this kind of benign grandfatherly character, right? And so um, 
that lends itself to a very casual sense of God's holiness. Like, mm-hmm. oh, God is just kind of some... If God's just like my grandpa, you know, he, he's just a nice old guy, and, yeah. you know, he's a doddering, you know, old guy. And so um, so we're going to contrast that with just... You know, in, the, in the Bible, um, we see all these encounters that people have with God where God's presence is terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, and God... So why don't we take... We're casual about God's holiness, meaning that it doesn't really matter to us. Mm. And so I want to contrast our cultural ideas of God that leads us into, hey, we're going to see something a little bit more um, threatening even about God in this, in this uh, story of Uzziah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me—this this one has some overlap in my mind. It could potentially have overlap with our first lesson, the Ananias and mm-hmm. Sapphira story, right. because mm-hmm. now that's not really where we went. We didn't talk about His holiness per se, but— but I think of very similar themes when they're just a right. little bit too casual. Well, right. not just a little bit too casual, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot too well, casual. Well, we saw, you know, they, they pay the price. But yeah, um, yeah the sim- it's similar in the idea that I think the whole series brings out that idea that, hey, we don't, we don't take God seriously yeah. enough in those aspects of God's being that might be really uh, challenging to us. Yeah, so I would say to the preachers out there, really, I like your idea, you know, the Morgan Freeman, you know, or, or they've kind of the... The, the popular image of God, Grandpa God kind yeah. of a thing, yeah. you know, and just like another, like a buddy, you know, yeah. a yeah. buddy Jesus maybe yeah. might be a good thing too. Uh, but I think have a little bit of fun hooking people. What I would encourage preachers is to make sure that they're, you get them thinking along the lines of, yeah, I do, I, I am, I do kind of take Maybe I, I approach God with just a little bit too much of a, he's, mm-hmm. he's a buddy. Yeah. I think to me, when I think of the, this whole two casual series, this is the, I think of his holiness. This is kind of the one that I think of. Kind of probably roots, roots it, yeah. More than any of them. Because yeah. I think it's one thing to be too casual about his omnipotence or something like that, but we're talking about his holiness now. Right. We could have used a lot of stories for this, but I think this was a good one, Ross. So let's dive into these. Uh, these three key points. Again, the key points are these, that Uzziah started with the right response to God. The second one is that God seemed smaller as Uzziah got greater. And then we're ending with God's holiness is serious business. So Ross, this first one, unpack this a little. Uzziah started with the right response to God. Is this where you're going to tell the story after your hook? Are you going to tell the whole story up front? How are you gonna no, I'm going to... I'm gonna. This is a shorter point. This mm-hmm. is to set the, the tone, kind of... It sets the table for the whole rest of the story. Okay. And so I'm going to basically just look, take uh, verses 3 through 5. And um, where it talks about his, you know, him as a young man, and and how he sought the Lord, and how he was coached up by uh, someone else to fear God, and just talk about what fearing God means a little bit. Mm. So that's that's important context for what happens later. Was fearing God is the sense of like I I get small before the greatness of yeah, God. That's good, you know. So so that what happens later is just the exact opposite. And so this again, it's a, a short point. It's just enough. Uh, to set the tone yeah. for the contrast of what's coming. And this this point might be a good... Up, you know, he's a 16-year-old. This might be a good... We always are trying to think about appealing to the whole crowd. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is something where you can speak to high schoolers a little bit, yeah. right? Could you imagine getting the getting the uh, the throne at 16 years old? Look at this responsibility. Yeah. And look at his response. Yeah. And it is. He st- it starts off really good. Right. I think, I think he realized you know, um, how much help he needed. Yeah. He says, man, this is an overwhelming job for me. I need help. I need God's help. I need the help of a mentor. Yeah. He went and found a mentor. So, And we could have a, we could have a little bit of fun with that, too, in the, this homiletically, make a few jokes about 
you know, 16-year-olds and say, you know, he, he, he's just barely getting the keys to the chariot, and, 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 <laughs> and he gets to, you know, he's going to be the king. Yeah. You know, so That's it good. could be a little bit fun with that. But you're right, it's a good audience, a good opportunity to speak to young to kids yeah. and say, hey, where's your heart? Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, that's a, this, and it's a good. So this is your first point. It's a setup point. And then you move to the second point, Ross. That that God seemed smaller as Uzziah got greater. So is this? You go back to the text and you and you reveal just a little bit more right. of the story. The crux here, as the writer is giving us an editorial uh, statement here, the crux is the second half of verse fifteen and into verse sixteen. Mm where it says, his fame spread far and wide. The Lord gave him marvelous help. He became very powerful or strong, but when he be- had become powerful, he also became proud, mm-hmm. which led to his downfall. So that's the editorial hook yeah. that, that takes us in. And this, so then the story is, well, how did that lead to his downfall? Mm. And this is where I'll tell the story. And I, I may actually read a longer passage here, maybe all the way from 15 to 21, mm-hmm. um, because it's a, it's conde- pretty condensed... Um, Version and it's uh, it you know it, it gives a lot of interesting details so I'll probably read that whole section here yeah and this might be an opportunity to appeal to if in the first point we're appealing to young people mm-hmm. this might be an opportunity I know for me I, this is where I might appeal to some business leaders right. or some men in the congregation people who have had success yeah so that you know we're actually um, the our point is the main point of the message is that you know um, when we start to Think we're great, then then we're going to diminish God. Mm. You know, God seems smaller when we get bigger, so we become too casual about His holiness when we start to think of all highly of ourselves. So yeah, anyone who's been successful in life in some way or another mm. um, is at risk in some way for for mm. something like for overstepping their bounds. Yeah, you could say yeah. Yeah, that's good. Would you say structurally that this this probably is a little bit of a longer point than the first point? Yeah, this is where. This is where, so, you know, what we're doing in the bigger sermon is we're exploring the story, mm-hmm. and then, and this is typical in many of the sermons in this series, and then we're going to take the story and then elaborate on the theological point, mm. uh, the, the part about God's uh, nature and His attributes. And so this is the part where we tell the story and we dig out the details of the story, mm-hmm. see what we learn. And then, and then we get to the third point, that's where we're going to do sort of the theological reflections mm-hmm. and, and, and draw out these more uh, theologically informed ideas about God's holiness. Yeah. And so that last point is God's holiness is serious business. Pretty broad, broadly stated point. So, uh, you know, obviously this is where you're really trying to drive this point home, mm-hmm. right? How are you going to do that? Right. So this is where we're going to... So we're going to see God's holiness in the other point, we're going to see God, you know, strikes him with leprosy, and this is where we're going to interpret that. We're going to I say, see. sort of theologically interpret what's happening in the story. So we're going to go out, and so this is where I'm, I'm going to get topical a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and, and so I'm going to lay out what holiness is biblically and how that's illustrated in the story. Okay, let's do that real quick. Mm-hmm. So, and again, uh, for preachers listening to this, if you're going to be preaching this, uh, you can check out Ross's manuscript notes for a f- you know fuller explanation of this. But how are you going to articulate the holiness of God? How are you going to, at this point, are you going to define the holiness of God, or have you already defined mm-hmm. it in the sermon? No, I'll pretty much define it at this point. Okay. This is where we all sort of try to pull the dots all together yep. and tie it all up. So, um, 
But what we're doing is, so this episode in the story happens in the temple, and it's a transgression of the temple ritual. Mm-hmm. And so the, we're going to try to point out how the temple is an object lesson that God gave to Israel to illustrate His holiness. Mm. So we're going to show how the temple shows two things about God, about His holiness. One is um, the core idea of holiness means that God is set apart. Mm-hmm. So the temple is set apart for worship. The people who operate in the temple are set apart. That's the only job they have. Things that are used in the temple, utensils or uh, different things, are set apart for the temple. They're never used at home. Mm. They're only used in the temple. And so they have this this dedication. They're devoted, in a sense, to only be used for God. That illustrates how God himself is set apart. Mm-hmm. And so there's two ways that he's set apart. Um He's set apart from all of his creation. God is transcendent. He's completely different from anything else in, that, that anything that he's made, anything else that he exists. There's only one of him. There's no rivals. There's no replicas. Um, he's completely above us, so far above us um, as to be... A, he's a completely different kind of being mm-hmm. than we are. So he's set apart in that sense at the level of his being, and then he's set apart in another sense that he's set apart from sin. Mm. So God is pure. He's not tainted by any kind of moral imperfection or any kind of compromise with evil. And so in those two ways God is set apart, both of those are illustrated by the temple and the temple ritual and the the temple, um, all the paraphernalia, etc. So a sacrifice had to be made before the priest could go into the temple. His Mm -hmm. sin had to be covered before he could approach God in that place. And so basically that, that shows us, okay, God is set apart in that he's transcendent, God is set apart in that he's pure. And then, uh, so we want to explore that and make sure that that is kind of clear. And then where I want to end this point with, and really end the sermon with, is what's the right response then? What's the right response to God's transcendence? What's the right response to God's purity? Now, Ross, even as you're explaining this, this I'm excited about preaching this, but I think it could be easy as a preacher to get a tone, almost a fire and brimstone mm-hmm. tone, Right, that yeah. that people, especially in a church like ours, right, that the people are going to be like, "Wait, this isn't the God I usually hear about." Right, God yeah. of grace and loving God, and yeah, right, yeah, because we're looking at this story of this Uzziah who kind of is a little too casual with God's holy, and he kind of breaks the rules, right? But yet we say all the time that that it's not about the rules. Right, that it's not about it's that that Jesus loves us, that God loves us, and God did all this. So, how are are you gonna? Again, I we I could see how you could tie that in here, but I, I guess yeah. the question I, you'd, you'd hate to give away that kind of the thrust. The thrust of the message is don't is respond properly to the holiness of God. Right, right? give God his proper respect, even though he's loving, and there's a certain respect. Yeah, that and a certain um, like fear in the right sense. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm kind of framing it throughout the message in terms of getting small before God, mm-hmm. or realizing that's good. Realizing how small I am before God. Mm. And so that keeps me humble, it keeps me in the proper place. Mm. And so I can say, yeah, God has forgiven, and, and God is gracious and all the rest, but I still um, am humbled. And all of that, in fact, all of that is humbling yeah. before God, you know? So are you do you address what I just said though that that dissonance with kind of what what we usually hear you know at mm-hmm. probably most churches that are going to preach mm-hmm. this do you, do you do you actually address that at this point now wait some of you might be thinking what what church did I just walk into here right right, right. right. like I 
you know, this is giving me this this old picture that I used to have. I guess how do you tie that? How right. do you tie that together? Well, part of it is in this series, the series ties it together. Yeah, yeah. Because in the week following after this one, uh, we'll be talking about God's compassion, mm-hmm. and then two weeks, uh, three weeks after, we're talking about God's grace. I see. Okay. Now we realize that not everybody's going to be at every sermon, right? But yeah, we'll address. I will at least give a nod to it, and I say, hey, you know, right for today. This this may be this may feel different. Yeah. We're not saying that God isn't also gracious and kind and loving, but for today, I don't. We're going to focus on this. So I don't want to. I don't want the idea of God's holiness to be minimized by too many conditions. Right. 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 Yeah. I guess that's my question. Is I could see there's a part of me that I think the older version of me would love to would love to preach this with all the fire I could muster. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but I, I think there's another part of me that says, man, I want to just make sure that I appeal to the person who walks in for the very first time. Right. And I, and I would hate for them to get kind of the, the wrong idea about what we... Right? I would hate to go so far with this message right. that, I, um, that I paint the wrong picture. Right. And I think the tone mm-hmm. that I'm going to be trying to go for is not like condemnation right. or judgmental, but it's more awe. Yeah. yeah. A tone of, Wow. Yeah. God is so, wow, look at God. God is so, how could we think that we could just kind of like, you know, take him for granted or, or yeah. walk into his presence like, you know, and you could use different illustrations. You say, you know, you would never, you would never go, uh, if you had an audience with the president, you'd, yeah. wear, you'd wear a shirt. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's good. Yeah. Um, because there's due respect. Yeah. And you could argue then from the lesser to the greater. Mm. So okay, so that's good, Russ. That's helpful. What, how are you? So where are you? Where are you landing this sermon? So you've told the story of Uzziah. You've you've worked your way to this final point as you continue as you progressively reveal the story, and now you're talking about the holiness of God being serious business. So is there an application point that you end on? How are you going to land the plane? Yeah, I think I think there's a whole bunch of ways you could go with this. Um, especially talking about those different aspects of holiness. You could call people to live a holy life. You could um, call people to, um, you know, be contrite over their sin. Mm. You could... I think where, where I would like to take it is this sense of um, living in humility, living in the humility of the creature-creator distinction, mm. of saying, you know what, there's something liberating about knowing my place in the universe. Oh, that's good. There's something that, you know, when I know when I know who God is and I know who I am, it's okay. It's yeah. okay for me to be humble. It's okay for me to not be God and not, you know, try to... Uh, overstep the boundaries that he's set for me, you know. Yeah, and I think that addresses really my issue. Is if if I, I like that, I like ending ending it there rather than ending it at you don't screw up people, right? Or God's gonna punish you, right? 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 Because I think that's maybe the other when if you really look at the story, you could maybe go there. Like, yeah. look, God punished him, and he's got leprosy now yeah. for the rest of his life. But it's more just, hey, I think the takeaway is um, just humble yourself before God. You're not God. You never will be God. Right. God is God. Don't right. be too casual about it. That's God is smarter. God is white. And all these different aspects. So it's, it's just, it's okay to let people know, hey, it's okay just to be humble. Mm-hmm. It's okay just to be small because God is so great that that's really a fitting response to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get more, more again toward awe, toward humility, and more away from kind of um, a punitive kind of sense. God's just waiting to pounce on you yeah. to strike you with leprosy if you screw up. Yeah, you know? that's good. Well, Ross, this is good. So for everyone listening to this, if you want to preach this, 
You can check this out at PursueGodNetwork.org and check out our sermon library there. The series is called Too Casual, and you can find slides, manuscript notes, and uh, so much more. So check it out, and uh, if you're going to preach this, go with God.